Hey, Melissa. Hey, Jim. You know what I think it's time for? What's that? Another giveaway. <gasps> That's yeah. a good idea. I haven't given away a merch in a while, so why not do it? Should we, um, what, what's the terms of the giveaway? What should we make? What should we ask people to do? Well, we're coming up on one year that we've had our YouTube channel. So oh yeah, why not make it YouTube focused? Yes. Okay. So should we do the same type of thing where people subscribe and send us proof that they subscribed with subject line of the email just says giveaway entry, giveaway entry, say giveaway entry so we can search it. Mm -hmm. And we will pick one person at random Mm -hmm. and we will tell you, Hey, you won and you get to pick any item of merch, any item in our merch store. You can check out our merch to see if you're interested. If you're kind of curious, do I want something from there? Camforyourlife.com slash store. And you can kind of go ahead and pick out your merch item. Dream about it a little bit, yeah, you know? Yeah. So recap to enter, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is okay if you're already subscribed. Yep. So you don't have to be someone who just, just decided to today. And if you entered last time, you can enter again. Exactly. Subscribe on YouTube. Send us a screenshot that shows us you are subscribed to our email, which is chemforyourlife at gmail.com. Subject line. Giveaway entry. So giveaway, all one word, entry. Mm-hmm. We will pick one winner and you can pick any item of merch. Doesn't matter what it is in our store and we'll send it to you. Yay, that's fun. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right. You guys in? I think they're in. I think so too. All right. All right. Enjoy the show. I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast is up to understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Okay, Jam. Today I'm going to do a topic inspired by a listener, Mary L. She wrote us Mm -hmm. an email. Her question was, hi, I'm wondering if you could do an episode about alcohols. Like there are different kinds of them, how they differ, what are their uses, etc. Thank you. (laughs) It's <laughs> such a nice email. It really is. Um, and a really good question because that's one that I think is feels pretty intuitive to me, but I didn't even think about maybe our listeners without the science background not really knowing what alcohol even is. Yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely do not know what it and even that, is. That is awesome. That's really exciting. I'm excited about that because... This is a fun one for me and it falls at a really nice time for me to get this question because I had my big qualifying exam this week Mm -hmm. and I didn't have a ton of time. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a good, a good one that was really straightforward and fun to kind of get to dive back into. This is very organic chemistry. Nice stuff. Okay. So an alcohol group is a functional group. Okay. We've talked about functional groups before. They're mm-hmm. special arrangements of atoms that have a consistent function that can be attached in a lot of different places or areas. So in this case, this particular functional group, alcohol, is an oxygen bonded to a hydrogen. So it's almost like water. You know, water is hydrogen and then oxygen and hydrogen. Mm-hmm. But instead of one of those H's in the H2O, it's a carbon chain. Any group of carbons or other atoms can be attached there. Okay. So you've got the oxygen, the hydrogen, and carbons? Yes. Do you still have two? 
Nope, just one. So okay. the there's a carbon chain and then an oxygen's attached to the carbon chain and then the hydrogen's attached to that oxygen. Got it. Okay. So it's an OH group and the uh, connection between the rest of the organic molecule and the alcohol is between the carbon and the oxygen. It's an OH group? Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I saw you getting that look on your face. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's so perfect. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's so perfect. Okay. Well, so that's your alcohol functional group, and now you can always remember it because, oh, my gosh, it's so perfect. <laughs> it's oh. perfect. It's <laughs> interesting. So it just it's just that simple obviously there's the building mm-hmm. blocks or whatever but every yes. alcohol has that stuff present yes that's okay any functional group that's an alcohol is an oxygen and a hydrogen bonded to the rest of the carbon chain and the bond goes through the carbon to the oxygen and then the hydrogen is bonded to the oxygen okay okay so there are alcohol groups on probably everything there's, it's in your foods, it's in your sugars, it's in medicines, it's even the solar panels that I worked on for my previous research had precursors with alcohols. Alcohol groups are everywhere. Wow. But you know some specific things where the alcohol sort of dominates the functionality, I would say. Right. That's the commonly known alcohols. So this is going to be like methanol, ethanol, isopropyl alcohol, ethylene glycol those are things you've probably heard of and they all have got like a all at the end which i'm just not Mm -hmm. really thinking about that actually is you remember we talked about the iupac the international union of applied Uh, pure applied chemistry they state the iupac convention for naming alcohols is to put an o all at the end so methanol ethanol propanol those are iupac names for an alcohol they end in ol Nice. Good move, mm-hmm. guys. IUPAC. Yeah, they standardized it. <laughs> okay. So, yay. Thanks, IUPAC, for giving us a universal language of chemistry. Okay, so those ones that you know pretty well are very simple alcohols, and that's why I think they're known commonly as that. Uh-huh. So methanol has one carbon, Ethanol has two carbons and anything with propyl, propanol, propyl alcohol has three carbons. Huh. That's, wow. the, that's the standard in chemistry in general. If you have a molecule that's one carbon, it's methane. So mm-hmm. if one carbon has an alcohol attached to it, it becomes methanol. If you have, it's just two carbons surrounded by hydrogens, that's ethane. And then when there's an alcohol, it becomes ethanol and then Three carbons is propane. So you have probably used propane gas before. Mm-hmm. You replace one of those with an alcohol, one of your hydrogen groups with an OH group, and it becomes propanol. So that's... Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just the number of carbons in that chain. And in organic chemistry, the names for number of chains increases. Methane is one. Ethane is two carbons. Propyl is three car- or Propane is three carbons. Four is butane. And after that, it's the prefixes you've learned. So pentane, hexane, heptane, octane, all those you know. But those uh, first four are are kind of different. But I, I think it probably would be weird to be like unane or something. So they don't right. use the 
those. Yeah. Yeah. Or there were just, there were maybe words that were already around before they started really like yeah standardizing it. So like, well, it'd be confusing to change it to get people to stop saying methane or whatever. Yeah. It might be too confusing or methanol or whatever. Dude, that's, that's probably interesting. true. Yeah. I didn't realize how, how much of a system there was to that. And it's kind of nice to have it be just increasing by one carbon each time. Mm-hmm. It seems a lot more, I don't know, easier to remember than I would have expected. And my general chemistry teacher in high school used the mnemonic device, Mama Eats Peanut Butter, to remember those four. <laughs> Methane, ethane, propane, and butane. Mama Eats Peanut Butter. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm ever kind of in the moment, I don't know, which one comes first? Mama eats <laughs> peanut butter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have that moment. So methanol, one carbon has three hydrogens and then an alcohol group attached to it. Methanol is also known as wood alcohol. It used to be made from uh, breaking down wood and it is usually used in windshield wiper fluid. These all alcohols have low freezing points, significantly lower than water in the negatives. Mm-hmm. And that's convenient in things like antifreeze and windshield wiper fluid because it won't freeze when it gets cold outside in those northern states. Not here. We never have that problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. <laughs> in those northern states. So they, they use that and it mixes really well with water because of intermolecular forces whoa they have similar structures because of the oh in water and the oh in alcohol right so they mix well together so you can you can use that in a lot of different things to to keep your freezing point down so they see each other and they're like oh hey cousin what's up dude mm-hmm. hey, we can hang yeah. out no big yeah. deal that's why you don't really see a line like if you have a glass of ethanol the alcohol mm-hmm. that you drink and there's an ice cube in it and the ice cube melts, it sort of goes into solution. Those two mix together. They're not, it's not like oil and water. Right. 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 That makes sense. So methanol is really dangerous. Um, if you drink it, you'll go blind and probably die. And Yikes. is that what's in the be- uh, hand sanitizers? No. It's isopropyl. Recently, there's some stuff that came out about it. So we'll talk about that at the very end. Okay. Okay, So I like to think about alcohols on a scale of they all have pretty similar properties. They all have pretty similar toxicity. Some are more toxic than others. Mm -hmm. They have similar melting points, similar boiling points. So methanol is the most dangerous that I'm aware of. And then ethylene glycol is also very dangerous. Ethylene glycol Mm -hmm. is it's an ethylene ethane group it has two carbons but then it has two alcohols on it Mm. and it's commonly used in antifreeze and it because it smells sweet Mm -hmm. Ninety thousand pets a year are pets and wildlife a year are poisoned annually from drinking it and about six thousand people were poisoned in just 2012 so that's probably a normal year is, is a few thousand people a year are poisoned from drinking ethane glycol. Dude, yikes. That's crazy. And that is commonly used in antifreeze. So those are two big ones that their chemical structures, methanol is just one carbon and one alcohol group with some hydrogens around it. And mm-hmm. then ethylene glycol is two carbons with two alcohols around it. 
Those are the big scarier ones. The rest of them are not, well, we'll get into it, but those are the biggest scariest ones. So they're Mm -hmm. working on replacing ethylene glycol actually with a food additive that's much more safe. And that Mm -hmm. is propylene glycol. So propylene glycol is already used as a food additive. It's prop, so it has three uh, carbons and two alcohols on it. Okay. Okay. Now, the one we've all been waiting for, the alcohol that you're allowed to drink. (laughs) Okay. This is in your vodkas. This is in your beers. This is in your everything. And ethanol is two carbons, one alcohol group. Mm -hmm. And a lot of questions that I hear about this is why is it dangerous to drink methanol and dangerous to drink ethylene glycol, but it's fine to drink ethanol? Yeah, I definitely am wondering that now too. (laughs) Well, to be honest with you, it's not really fine to drink ethanol. This was first driven home for me when I was in a chemistry lab and we had to do, um, you have to look up the safety of every material that you use. And this Mm -hmm. is the warning on ethanol. Warning, causes severe eye irritation, flammable liquid and vapor, causes respiratory tract irritation, has caused adverse reproductive and fetal effects in humans, may cause central nervous system depression, may cause liver, kidney and heart damage, causes moderate skin irritation. Targets kidney, heart, central nervous system, and liver. And it's possibly a carcinogen, which means it causes cancer. (laughs) Those are all the warnings to drinking alcohol. But a common saying we have in chemistry is the dose makes the poison. So Uh, people can die from alcohol poisoning, from ethanol poisoning. But you have to drink enough or drink it consistently enough that you're consistently poisoning your body. But it does have very similar effects as the other ones. Now, in your body, alcohol dehydrogenase breaks down alcohol. And when it breaks down ethanol, it breaks it down into something that is non, not incredibly toxic in your body, but it can break down methanol into formaldehyde. Mm. That is why methanol is especially dangerous for you. Formaldehyde's okay. not good to have in your body. Mm-hmm. So if someone accidentally drinks methanol, one of the means of treating that is to get them drunk on regular alcohol, drinking alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So if you should not attempt to do this treatment at home ever, if you can call a doctor of poison control to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But it is possible they can use a dehydrogenase inhibitor. So the, the enzyme that breaks alcohol down in your body, you can basically inhibit that and keep it from working. Or you can use a different alcohol that has harmless effects when broken down. Dude, that's crazy. I'm (laughs) I'm kind of going through like realizing, oh yeah, this is a weird, you know, chemical that we're putting in our bodies. And it's, I mean, we're so used to, I mean, drinking alcohol, we're so used to that being a normal part of our lives and stuff for many of us. But it's weird to think of it like, oh yeah, there's a basic building block that makes up what the alcohol part of this. And Mm -hmm. in general, you could say that it's mostly not good Mm -hmm. for your body. It's something (laughs) you're introducing into your body that is not already there and could be bad. Like that's kind of nuts. 
And there's alcohol groups naturally occurring on things like sugar and stuff. But I think it's in in these, um, I want to call them more simple alcohols where it's one or two carbons and one or two alcohol groups. I think there's a dominant effect that negatively impacts our systems. And that is part of what a hangover is. A lot of it is dehydration, but also your your digestive tract can be irritated mm. by drinking something that's not maybe traditionally shouldn't be drunk. Wow. <laughs> so I think that's Dang, a kind crazy. of a fun thing. I remember realizing when I was reading this and writing it up that, um, Oh, alcohol, it kind of is a poison also for your body. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not going to kill you unless you have it in insane doses or over an extended period of time, but it's not as, as good for you as maybe say water, but even water has a dark side, right? You can drink so much water that you shut down your systems or you can drown in water. So the dose makes the poison, but just, I think it is kind of good for us to be reminded that alcohol can have impacts on our body. And I, I do drink alcohol on occasion. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I also don't want people to underestimate the power of alcohol. Right. Okay, and now getting to your final question, hand sanitizers. Yes. Okay, so hand sanitizers are generally made up of isopropyl alcohol. So Mm -hmm. that is propyl, so three carbons and one alcohol. The alcohol sits right in the middle. That's where the ISO name comes from. That doesn't really matter. The alcohol sits right in the middle of the three carbons. And that is generally used in a 70% solution with water for sanitizing both Mm. your hands and surfaces earlier this year in the sanitizer craze some companies i didn't look at the details of this there was some methanol poisoning happening i guess they just weren't being careful Mm -hmm. from hand sanitizers that had methanol when corona hit and people were going crazy and the fda and the cdc both put out statements about it so you can google that and find it Mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken those two agencies did So, but technically hand sanitizer is not supposed to have methanol in it because of the dangerous side effects of methanol. Right, right, right. More so than other alcohols. It's not great to ingest isopropyl alcohol either, but it's it's much, much safer than ingesting methanol. But just don't, just don't drink alcohol if you can help it unless it comes in a food safe container. Right, Um, right, right. And actually I did read a study that tested the efficiency of methanol, ethanol, and isopropyl alcohol. And it seemed that isopropyl alcohol was the most efficient. Mm -hmm. They all, especially when mixed with water, could impact viruses that had a lipid layer. Mm -hmm. We talked about in the house soap kills coronavirus or Mm COVID-19. And they could kill some bacteria. It seemed that they could get in and denature some of their enzymes or proteins. So, it has an, a good effectiveness on viruses. There's, it seemed harder on bacteria, but mm. that's generally what you're using when you spray and when you use hand sanitizer in your hands. And the water in conjunction with the alcohol does play a role. So alcohol solutions below 50% are not usually as effective and above 90% are not usually as effective. You need the water and the alcohol together. Got it. Got it. Interesting. So that's it. Wow. That's your alcohol. Your lesson on uh, basic <laughs> alcohols from organic chemistry. <laughs> Dude, weird. It's weirder than I thought, honestly. Really? 
I think so. I mean, I, I, I don't really, I don't think I knew anything about alcohol. I don't really drink. And so it just has almost, almost no place in my life other than I use hand sanitizer and I use isopropyl alcohol to clean uh, film scans and in my scanner. And that's kind of it. So Wow. Well, I'm glad this could be a fun one for you. I'm, I'm glad that I was a little worried it might be boring. But if you needed that background information and Mary wanted that background information, that tells me that maybe it's more fun and interesting than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so. I feel like a lot of people probably wouldn't just happen to know that stuff. Um, and maybe it's something that you talk about a little bit in, in chemistry. Maybe I did learn some of that um, in high school or something, but just didn't re- remember it. Dang, that's interesting. It's actually much more focused on organic chemistry. Those OH groups, those alcohol mm. groups with the carbon on it is much more organic chemistry. I don't think we talked about it very much in general chemistry. Got it. Got it. And usually in general chemistry, you see an OH group with the charge on it. It's uh, OH minus and that's um, like sodium hydroxide. You've heard of that. Mm-hmm. that kind of has a different functionality than when that OH group is attached to a carbon chain. So don't get too confused on those two things. And for those of you who have had a little bit of general chemistry, you might remember that group, but that charge makes all the difference. So that is not the same as these kind of alcohols. Okay. I don't know how much there is to really spit back to you, but I can try my best to recount the basic chemistry part of it, I guess. that's. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Go ahead and... Lay it on me. <laughs> so in alcohol, it's a functional group and mm-hmm. it consists of a carbon chain and then an oxygen and then mm-hmm. a hydrogen. Mm-hmm. And so where this, where the different types of alcohol differ is the amount of carbons. Not, it's not the carbons in the chain though, right? It's other carbons present. It's the carbons in the chain. Okay. It is one in the chain. Okay. So in the case of, uh, starting with methanol, it's one carbon. Mm-hmm. Ethanol, ethanol two. Mm-hmm. Pro, what'd you say? Propanol? Propanol. Or isopropyl? Mm-hmm. Propanol, propanol is um, the general idea of having three carbons and an alcohol group, but the position of the mm-hmm. carbon can be middle or side. And so then, then the isopropyl is more specific. Got it. So just propanol would be just saying that it, there's three. Mm-hmm. And then butane? But, butanol? What was, the, what was the fourth one? Yes, butane. Butanol is Nice. Mm-hmm. Good job. Mama eats them. peanut butter, remember? And and plus, you know what? Yes, she does. She does <laughs> eat peanut butter. Um, and so those, and then it can go up from there to different prefixes. But the main thing being that there's there's a lot of different effects that those alcohols can have based on the fact that they have different carbons and can be used in different things, have different effects on our body, even Mm -hmm. though it seems like they could all have a level to which they are bad for us. Mm -hmm. At least the one that is not quite as bad immediately uh, in the right dosing or whatever is ethanol. Mm -hmm. That's the one we drink. And that's that's the one that we can drink. Some of, <laughs> and I don't know what else there is. It's kind of. Can you remember the most dangerous one? The one that can cause blindness and cause you to die? Methanol, right? Methanol. And how do you cure methanol poisoning? By introducing, by introducing ethanol, right? That's because right. Somehow that would stop 
it from doing whatever it's do whatever the methanol is doing. Right. Your body um, breaks down the methanol into something dangerous, but if you if you put ethanol in instead, it'll break that down more easily. It'll break that down first and it'll break it down into something safe. And hopefully by the time it's done breaking down all the ethanol in your system, the methanol's passed through unbroken down and you're safe. Got it. Got it. Dang. That's kind of crazy. That seems like one of those methods where it's like somebody discovered it because they were like, okay, this guy's already got the methanol in his body. Let's try some stuff because we just need something to do. Right. And it seems like one of those things that would be like, oh man, hopefully this will work. And it did. Hospitals now also use a a inhibitor for that enzyme, which is a little bit, I think, easier and safer to administer. But Mm -hmm. they have done studies to show the effectiveness of, of regular alcohol, drinking alcohol, ethanol in mm-hmm. treating methanol poisoning. Oh, dude, this is helpful to see. I think it, it is easier to look at them. So I just sent Jam a picture of what these methanol, ethanol, propanol look like. And that way he has a visual and I'll make sure to put that online as well. Oh, excuse me. This is then we're receiving a photograph of what <laughs> appear to be some uh, alcohols. Just one moment. Um, okay, I'm looking live at, uh, it seems to be three different types of alcohol, <laughs> uh, methanol, ethanol, propanol. It's, uh, <laughs> we're, we're not yet sure what, uh, I'm just kidding. Here is your, uh, isopropyl. So it's different than the propanol. That's a carbon there in the middle. That joint is oh, dang, a carbon dude. too. So I'll draw these by hand, uh, for our listeners cause I can do more consistent and make it prettier, but. These are interesting. Isopropyl definitely looks weird. Yeah, isopropyl is... Uh, I mean, no offense, isopropyl. Like, do your thing. But you just look different. And different's not bad, I'd say. <laughs> so. Uh, is there anything I missed? I don't think so. I think you you covered it really well. I think this is just an interesting one. Oh, I will say ethylene glycol is the one in antifreeze. Oh, right, right, That's right. also really dangerous. That's the one where... Children and pets have a harder time staying away from that. It smells good from what I hear, like sweet. So that's mm -hmm. that's messed up. We should have foreseen that being a problem. Yeah. Well, you can keep it up on shelves, keep it away. I think do your best to be aware of that for children. And I think they color it to make it brightly colored so that adults are aware you know that it's not safe but that might make it more appealing to children so (laughs) right 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 yeah (laughs) but they are working on incorporating i think i saw some companies have already done that the safer propylene glycol but i don't know for sure so be careful with that around your kids yeah dang and don't try to treat your methanol poisoning at home call the poison control center I'm just giving you information about treatment options. <laughs> right. That's it. Yeah. That's alcohols. Sweet. Well, Jam, I'm going to go ahead and transition and tell you that I'm very excited because that big test that kept my time this week, uh-huh. I passed it. Nice. I knew, already knew that, but you knew. awesome. That's my Dude, happy congrats. thing for this week. I wanted to share that with our listeners because they've heard me talk about writing the proposal and everything. So, yeah. I'm officially a PhD candidate, which means I have passed all the exams that I need to pass to prove my competence in this field. And now that I just is awesome. 
very excited. Um, now I just have to do my research and finish that up and present my my findings in a big dissertation at the end. So that would be my final step to getting the PhD. But it feels uh-huh. like I'm on the home stretch now. You know, I, I've proposed this yeah. research idea. It's been approved with some changes that need to be made. And then once I make those changes and gather data and present my information, this this is the home stretch I'm moving towards graduating. So it's very exciting. Dang. That's awesome. So what, what is the timeline? Is it, is it fixed in terms of how much longer or is it just when those things all get done? It's just when those things get done. It's very based on your research. My estimation is that it will probably be two more years for me to collect all the data I need to collect and do all the interventions I need to do for my research. But I, you know, it's not, I'm not holding to that, but I think two more years is about right. Dang. That's crazy. That's a lot of time, but it makes sense. I mean, it's hard work. It's hard work. And I did take a detour in getting my master's. So my total time will be seven years, but I got a master's in organic chemistry before I switched to my PhD. So I kind of, I made it a little bit harder on myself. <laughs> so I'm, I'm logging well, that- seven years for a master's and a PhD. Sometimes people just go straight in for their PhD and can knock it out in five years. Oh, got it. Mm-hmm. Well, not that anybody asked us, but on behalf, I mean, me and the listeners, we think that it's our, it was already obvious that you're competent in your field. <laughs> so, I mean, like, cool that they decided to give you a test and stuff like that. But honestly, I think on, for us, already already was pretty obvious. So. Well, thank you. I, I mean, your opinion matters more than anyone else's anyway. So just kidding. If any of my committee is listening right now, you guys matter the most <laughs> and your signatures are what got me through. But <laughs> yeah, whoever's listening, they matter the most. That's, That's right. That, there we go. Like, there we go. Yeah. But I will say getting to do this podcast, there was a, some time that my passion for chemistry had definitely dwindled and I didn't know if this is what I wanted to do and getting to do the podcast and interacting with listeners and see people be excited about chemistry again, propelled me forward and reminded me why I love this field and, and teaching about it. And so I just want to thank you guys so much for all your emails and, and comments and interacting with us. It really does give me life and gives me renewed fire for this passion that I, I want to keep going and that, and it gives me a vision for my dreams in science communication and chemistry education. So thank you nice. guys so much. Okay. So that's my thing. Um, this is kind of a big one this week. So <laughs> sorry, Jim to have jumped the gun, but what about you? How's your week this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cannot beat that, but that's okay. Um, so mine's very simple. You guys remember how sad I was when my favorite coffee shop here in Denton closed. Yes. And this is not a direct sequel to that sad story. It's more like just a slight improvement from that tragedy. So right. a, it's been a little while, but we just only recently kind of discovered it. There's a little coffee food truck, coffee cart shack thing or whatever, pretty close to our neighborhood to where we can walk to it. And so <gasps> a few times now, M and I and our baby have gone on an early morning walk when it's cool enough, which is also a, a huge bonus that it can be cool enough to go on a on a walk in the morning and not not die. And 
we're talking, we got to be basically at or below 80 degrees um, because babies cannot, you know, adjust their own body temperature very well. So right. we've gone on a few walks over to there, grabbed a coffee and walked around while it's still a good temperature. And that's just been so nice for those two reasons, getting to go on a walk and it being nice and getting to go grab a coffee. They've got great coffee. So I did want to shout them out because they're awesome and they're a small business. So they're called The Mug. And so if you're a, a Denton person that wants to support a, a little coffee shack kind of thing, hit up The Mug. They've got some good coffee. That's so cute. I'll, I'll go. I'm adding this to my list right now of places that I want to hit up. Yeah, they're right over by, I guess we could just talk about where they are. It doesn't really matter. They're right over off of university. Wow, very exciting. DM us if you need. We'll, we'll tag them or something online. Yeah, we'll, on our we'll social sh- post. share them on our stories and retweet them on Twitter. So, Yeah. Cool. Well, that's exciting. That is a nice, that's a nice epilogue to your story. Yeah. So a little bit of coffee hope in my routine now. A little bit of coffee hope and a little bit of academic hope for you guys to finish <laughs> off your week. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for telling me about that. I can't wait to go check it out. And thanks for being so excited to learn about alcohols. That's really, that was exciting too. I was a little worried you guys wouldn't like it, but I'm really glad that you did. <laughs> Well, thank you for teaching us and for opening my mind to what alcohols even are and (laughs) starting from nothing because I didn't know anything. Um, And thanks for teaching the listeners as well. Melissa and I have a lot of ideas for topics of chemistry in everyday life, but we want to hear from you. So if you have questions or ideas, you can reach out to us on Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Chem for Your Life. That's Chem, F-O-R, Your Life, to share your thoughts and ideas. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the cost of making it, Go to ko-fi.com slash life and donate the cost of a cup of coffee. If you're not able to donate, you can still help us by subscribing on your favorite podcast app and rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to be able to share chemistry with even more people. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. References for this episode can be found in our show notes or on our website. Jam Robinson is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to A. Kiwasong and V. Garza, who reviewed this episode.